Hello, 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 all you beautiful people. I'm Amber Enerson. I'm Kelsey Enerson. And this is our podcast, You Are the Alchemist, where we discuss all things mental health in a relatable and fun way. Uh, we're in the middle of a mini series on the Blue Zones and what about the Blue Zones is so special and why. So, the Blue Zones is where people live to be over 100 years old. There's a huge population of people that live to be over 100. And there was tests done just to catch people up. There was like studies done to figure out what in the blue zones was different from what we were doing in everyday life everywhere else. Um, the last time we were on here, we talked a little bit about living life with a sense of purpose. Um, the second principle that we're going to talk about now is choosing social circles that support healthy behavior. So it just is... Um, when we have a good social network, it reduces the likelihood of feeling sad or lonely or experiencing low self-esteem, which are all parts of things that contribute to our mental health and our wellness. And just, you know, making sure that we have a, a, a support system, really. Yeah, so if you surround yourself with people that are, uh, they're, they're rooting for you, they're supporting you, you're going to go a lot farther than someone having a group that is kind of just like... like Chillax. Well, chillax is not the right <laughs> word, but like they don't really care if you go go pursue anything in life. They don't care what happens as long as you're there when they want you there. Right. And a lot of it is um, there were other studies done. The one that I did research on for this was from the National Library of Medicine. But there has been other studies done in the past where they like test or they like, um, I can't think of the word right now. Observe. <laughs> observe is the word. So they observe a group of friends that have been friends for a long period of time. And they will watch this group and check in with this group every year or whatever, sometimes every few months. And they will compare how similar like the people are within this group of friends that are constantly hanging out. So pretty much you become what your friends are or what the people that you surround yourself the yeah. most with are. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... Um, we talk about our kids and like, oh, where did they pick that up? Like, it is true. Uh, since Mackenzie has started preschool, there are certain things that she does now that she didn't used to do. Um, some of them good, some of them <laughs> not good. Um, but it is very, it is very true that the people you're around affect you, and like you can even pick up slang, like what other what people say. You know, when I would work in warehouses, I would start picking up on what other people say, and I'd be saying it at home, and, like, my wife would be like, where did that come from? And like, <laughs> oh, so-and-so says it all the time, or stuff like that. Right. So you do adapt to the people you are around. Right, which is one of the things where if you actually want to move forward and take steps forward in life, or evolve, or change your circumstances... A lot of times, even with addiction, you have to completely change who you surround yourself with. Because when an, addic an addict goes through a 12-step program or whatever, one of the steps in that program is to build a community yeah. that's going to support them for that goal so that they're not only surrounded by other addicts. Yeah. And it also, it goes the same for, like, personal development. Yeah, you don't want, like, a, like a, someone that's trying to recover from heroin going out and hanging out with their heroin friends that right. are still using or like when I quit smoking it was hard for me to bear around someone that was smoking because as soon as I 
smelled that cigarette or saw that cigarette, I wanted one. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Oh, and I say that all the time. I'm like, I could not, I haven't smoked in over a year now, I think. I haven't been smoking in over a year, but I know, like, if I were to surround myself with someone who did that constantly all the time, then I would end up picking that up again because it's one of those things Which is why, like, when you're going through relationships and friendships and work environments and all of that, it's important to look for, like, core values that you have that are going to be reflected back within that relationship or within that friendship or within that work environment. Because when you don't, you usually adapt to the other end of things, which is how people lose themselves. Yeah, it's very true. And it also is along the lines of support. Um, The biggest thing with the Blue Zones that they noticed is that everyone in the community supported a common cause. So a lot of them, like, they would add natural movement into their day. So they would take walks together as a community. Or, like, they would go work out or play games or, like, do stuff physically together. And even, like, you know, big family dinners and stuff the whole community would get together for big dinners instead of just, like, just your family. And that was a lot of what they noticed in the Blue Zones is that everyone kind of had the same goals in mind. Yeah, they were working towards the same thing for the betterment of the community. Right, which is then what improved that entire zone and had so many people that had such a long life pattern. And it also is important because your social circle can also identify blind spots that you might have. Or, like, areas in your life that you can improve that you may not see, that those other people will see, and they can reflect that back to you. Yeah, and that's something you have to keep an open mind about. I mean, like, if someone close to me, someone that I trusted and respected, pointed something out about me, like, I would take that into consideration, and I would want to improve. Um, But not everyone's like that. A lot of people get defensive. um, But you just have to realize that, the people that are truly there for you and they, they truly want you to succeed, um, you should take their their uh, insight, insight and, yeah. and put it to better use if you can. And it's all about using your own discernment too. Like we can tell what people have our best in mind or what people have the best intentions for us or want the best for us or people who are just trying to hold you back or they don't want to see you succeed more than they succeed because then they're not the most successful anymore. Right. Which that happens in work environments, especially. Yeah, and you don't want to surround yourself with that. Right, and it also, when it comes to mental health issues, like how it ties into mental health, is a lot of times, like, stress, anxiety, depression, those things can be improved when you're surrounded by a supportive community. That's why a lot of times within therapy, they will even ask, like, do you have a supportive community? What's your family like? What's your friendships like? What's your workplace like? Like, what do you have surrounding you that can either help you or hinder you from doing even better than what you're doing right now or just someone that you could rely on when you're going through those types of things? Yeah, yeah, that was a huge thing when I was, um, when I was in the behavioral health unit. <laughs> um, they really, They really pushed on that, like, Are you sure you have, uh, like, a dependable system when you go out, if you get released? um, They want you surrounding yourself with positive people, not negative people. Um, So, yeah, it's it's very important for all all mental health. And 
Um, it also releases like those good chemicals in your brain when you are around people that want you to succeed. They want they're they're supporting you. They're trying to help you any way they can. If you have someone that's always beating up on you and like always diminishing who you are, like that's not going to release the oxytocin or the serotonin, serotonin or and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and it also is nice just to have people that check in with you, too. Like, me yeah. and my sister check in on each other. Maybe not as much as I wish I could. Yeah. I forget. I get distracted. I too, We're yeah. both busy. But I know that I can check in on her, and she will check in on me. Or if I'm really struggling, I know that I can go to her. Yeah, and anything, even, like, a little... Sometimes I'll just, you know, send out some texts just encouraging people for no reason, just, like hey, just so you know, you're doing good, like, you're a rock star, like, you're okay, and, like, I'll text you that, too. I'll yeah, like, I was hey, gonna just, say, I just got one of those a couple weeks yeah, ago, I, I think. Just, yeah, I'll just check up on people and be like, hey, I don't know if, you know, it's not because I think something's going on, but just because, like, people need encouragement sometimes. Yeah, life can get heavy, we all know that. Yeah. Um, and another interesting thing that I noticed when I was doing my research is that loneliness can actually show as physical pain. Like, they've yeah. done different tests and studies on people who have, like, chronic physical pain that they have no indication for otherwise. Like, there's no reason for it besides the possibility that they could be lonely or they could feel alone in the world or they could be struggling with somatic things or, you know, like, mental health things. And it will manifest itself as actual physical pain. So that just goes to show that there's also a correlation between your physical health and your social circle as well. It goes even beyond mental health. Yeah, and, like, just the fact that, so for migraines or, like, constant headaches or even pain, they prescribe um, antidepressants, and antidepressants releases those, uh, the serotonin and um, oxytocin and stuff, and... They actually use that for for pain relief. So, oh. um, yeah, like people that go to get their migraines checked out and stuff or uh, fibromyalgia, stuff like that, they'll actually prescribe antidepressants because when though, when serotonin and oxytocin is released, it's it acts as like a pain reliever. Um, oh. So when you do surround yourself with people that help you with those, uh, that release... Um, that can actually help with your pain levels. I didn't know that, yeah. but that makes a lot of sense because it's the same type of chemicals that have the reaction. Yep. So see, you're teaching me things. Well, I've been on enough meds and I've been in <laughs> enough pain to know. <laughs> um, keeping a good friend circle can also help you and avoid an unhealthy lifestyle. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be like smoking or drinking. It could just be not taking time to do self-care, not taking time to prioritize yourself, not taking time to breathe and relax and just let yourself exist. So just like it doesn't, it's, it's not even, unhealthy is not always toxic. It's not always, you know, that you drink too much or you smoke too much or you don't eat good foods or you don't get enough exercise. That's not the only type of unhealthy that there is. There's also unhealthy lifestyles when it comes to people-pleasing, when you're constantly putting someone else's needs before your own, often to your own duress or to your own derision, I guess would be a better word. 
Yeah, if you're surrounding yourself with people that you constantly feel like you need to make them feel better or you constantly feel like you always have to support them but they're not supporting you, stuff like that. Like, if you're putting more into a friendship, then you're, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say, like, it's not always 50-50. Like, sometimes you're going to be putting in more to a friendship than you're getting. Mm -hmm. But if there's no, like, good balance, like, that's also not healthy for you. It is an even energetic exchange. Yeah. So, yes, there may be times when you're giving 80% and they're only giving 20. But then there's also times where they're giving 80% and you're only giving 20. Or even more so, like there are some friendships and relationships in the world where people are not capable of giving you what you're able to give them. However if you are not filling your own cup first, that's when it becomes unhealthy. When it is against your better judgment, when it is putting you at risk, when it's putting your health at risk, that's when it's too much. Because sometimes like, we do have to compensate and we do have to sometimes take care of ourselves because there aren't a lot of people that can take care of us in return for that. And it doesn't mean that you just walk away from those friendships or that you just leave those people to their own devices. It just is you have to make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep yourself in balance before you're trying to give to somebody else. And that sometimes is what happens too. Um, and then it actually has had a lot of, in like studies that they've done, having a good social circle that supports healthy behavior has actually like had the same type of results that some therapy does uh, when you're surrounded by loving and supportive people. So even if you're not going to therapy or therapy isn't something that you want, but you have supportive people around you, like I mean, I, I have several people that I'll be their therapist sometimes and they'll be my therapist sometimes because I don't, pre I don't prefer traditional therapy. I am very, I've just kind of always done things on my own. And it's not saying that traditional therapy wouldn't help, because I'm sure it would. But Yeah, we're always pushing therapy, so don't, <laughs> don't listen to her in that regard. I um, would absolutely encourage therapy. I just know for me, it usually takes something pretty serious before I actually will go into therapy. Because yeah. I've learned to manage a lot of things on my well, own. Well, you've also had the training and stuff. I mean, you've been studying psychology for so long. Yeah, 2015. So, yeah, it's... I and mean, even before that, I was the kid taking personality tests when some, I was a child. Yeah, some people have more tools than others. I definitely don't try to handle stuff on my own all the time. I'm kind of in a point right now that I'm, like, doing okay as far as, like, not needing constant therapy, but... But that's because you've learned the tools yeah, throughout all of yeah. the therapy that you've been taking. And nothing wild has happened recently, I mean, besides, like, job stuff, but it's not yeah. something that I don't have the tools to get through. Right. And sometimes, even, a lot of times, I think, when it comes to therapy, is that people have bottled things up for so long that it gets to the point where they no longer have the capability to get through it on their own. Because I did go to therapy a few years ago because it had just gotten, I had been ignoring my own needs for so long and my own, what, what kept coming up for me, I just kept ignoring and kept pushing to the side. 
So by the time I finally went to seek help, it was because I no longer had the capacity to even begin to work through it. Uh, therapy is there and it is designed to teach you to be able to work through some of these things on your own, to teach you the tools that you need. So learning the tools is really the most important thing that you'll get out of therapy as well as having that support system when you don't have it. I had quite a few people that were supportive, but I was not really open to discussing my issues with people. And I never really have been. So like a therapist, you don't know them, they don't know you, you're there for the specific purpose of discussing all of your issues that you don't discuss with anyone else. <laughs> At least that was what it was for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, and then another thing is, like, so, you can't build a supportive social circle without putting in the work to build that. And I think that's what a lot of times people forget. Like, they want this and they desire this, but they're not willing to do the things on their part to make that a reality. Like communicating your needs, explaining how you feel, being open and honest. If you're not willing to communicate with people what is going on, then chances are they're not going to have any idea that something is going on. And it is a two-way street. Um, I spent many, many years alone, mostly, for the most part. But that was because I chose that for myself. I was not willing to be open with people. I was not willing to be vulnerable. And it was so much harder for me to talk to other people because I didn't trust anyone. I didn't trust their intentions. I just, I had trust issues. So I put myself in a position where being alone was the only thing that I really had. And I had to work things through on my own. But now that I've been able to be more open and more vulnerable and more honest, I have people that will check on me, that are there as my support system, that are encouraging me to do the healthy habits. Or when I do something awesome, I have people that say, great job, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but I wouldn't have had that if I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I was willing to be open and honest with people and explain what was actually going on. Most of the time, it took me having a complete nervous breakdown or emotional breakdown before anybody knew that anything was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I don't really have anything to add to that. Communication, if you're not communicating your needs, like, people do not read minds as much as we wish they would. Yeah. So. It would be so much easier. You can't expect someone to, quote, unquote, be there for you if they have no idea if you're just masking. And it's, it's so much easier than somebody finding you in an emotional breakdown. Yeah. Or, you know, walking in to the bathroom at work when you're bawling your eyes out yeah. because shit I mean, hit the fan. It's, it's better to be prepared and, like, to have a plan of action than just kind of Waiting until someone finds it. you. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, and it's better for you and it's better for them. Because if you're in that state, very few people know how to handle that. And if you do know how to communicate what you need in those moments, which that is hard for some people. I mean, I still don't always know what I need when something happens. But if you do have kind of like a, like a backup, or not like a black, I don't know, like a, just like a, a plan in case you do go into one of your spirals, uh, if you can make like a plan of action, like, hey, when this happens, I need you to A, Do B, this. C. Yeah. Um, but that's not always the case. A lot of people don't exactly know what they need in that moment. Um, right. It takes a lot of self-awareness and yeah. a lot of self-reflection. And a lot. So 
I heard a quote once where the depth of relationship you have with other people will only be as deep as your relationship with yourself. So if you are not able to communicate with other people what is going on in your internal world, it's probably because you've spent a lot of time ignoring what's going on in that internal world. And it's not like these are things that can be developed, even if you do struggle with it, even if you do struggle with knowing what you need, it can be developed. And you're not always going to have the answers because nobody always has the answers. But having a, a plan, like Kelsey said, of things that you know do make you feel better. Like if I'm bawling my eyes out, a hug could really help. If I'm screaming, don't hug me. Like, if I'm screaming, I need you to remind me to take a deep breath. Or I need you to remind me to do something to regulate myself. Like, that's some of the stuff, too. Like, you're going to need something different in every situation. If I'm sad, I most likely am going to put on some sad music. I'll bawl my eyes out. And then if I need help, I will let someone know. But usually I don't prefer having people around when I'm sad because I just kind of need to be in my own space and my own mind at that point in time. But if things are going to happen whether you want them to happen or not. They're going to happen whether you plan on them happening or not. And being prepared for when those things do come up can make a huge difference. It's just like you can, so change is the one thing in this world that's inevitable. And you can either choose your change or you can just go with whatever change comes your way because it's going to happen no matter what. So when you have a little bit more self-awareness and you have a support system and you have people who support healthy behavior, then you have people that you can turn to to kind of create the type of change or the type of transformation that you want. Rather, or when you're self-aware and can tell someone what you need, then you can kind of control the type of support you're going to get in that moment versus being at the whim of whatever support they know how to give. Because a lot of times people don't know what kind of support to give to somebody else. If I see somebody bawling in the bathroom, <laughs> there's a lot of bawling in the bathroom going on in this story. Apparently. <laughs> but, you know... When I see somebody bawling in the bathroom, I'm like, hey, what do you need? Do you need a hug? Do you need to talk? Do you need, a do you need someone to listen? Like, do you need me to go beat the shit out of someone? Like, what do you need me to do right now? And sometimes people know, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. But if people know, it's so much easier. Because I'm like, okay, then let me give that to you right now. And I have had people that I barely know that I've given hugs to in the bathroom. Because that's what they needed, and they were what crying. What is going on in your bathroom? This was at work. The bathroom was where everybody went to cry. Oh, okay. Like, if, if, if somebody was gone for more than five to seven minutes, they were probably in the bathroom crying. Or pooping. Mm, no, not usually. <laughs> Most of the people that I worked with wouldn't poop at work. Oh. <laughs> so. Everyone I work with shits at, at work. <laughs> Or, you know, sometimes hiding in trailers crying worked really well, too. Yeah, I've done that. And, you know, people can't find you when you're in the trailers, so that's even better. If you don't want to be found, hiding in the back of trailers and crying can help a lot. <laughs> Anyways, so pretty much the gist of this is that when you surround yourself with supportive people, then you're creating an environment where you are allowed to grow. And you are able to grow, and you're able to pay better attention to your health and wellness. When you don't have those kinds of people around you, then you have to be open and honest and talk to people so that you can kind of build that network of people that can be around you. But if you don't talk to anyone, and you don't 
communicate what you're needing or what you're hoping for or who you are even as a person. You can't attract the people that are going to be that supportive like sounding board for you. And you have to be willing to be that yourself too for those people. Yeah. Yep. I think that. I have nothing to add. <laughs> okay. I very much believe in even exchanges. So if you expect other people to be that for you, then you also have to be that for them. Yeah. I think. I do agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's about it for this one. And we will talk to you guys next week. Hope you have a great week. See you later.